Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Grow Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to be back here with you all for episode three of the Grow Through It podcast. This is our first episode where I will be conducting an interview with Mr. Chris Smubach of the owner and coach of Fit Bodies Boot Camp here in Springfield, Illinois. Welcome, Chris. Hello. So, you guys, I wanted to share Chris's story with you all because as I talk about with the Grow Through It podcast, this is a platform where we talk about our personal life experiences, how we grow through these different challenges and obstacles that come to our lives. And I truly have this belief that obstacles and adversities and challenges come to us not to tear us down or break us down, but to build us up and help us to evolve into the best versions of ourselves. And I felt what better way to kick off these interview series than to interview my own fitness coach and the owner of a gym that I go to here in Springfield, Illinois, who has a powerful story about overcoming his own obstacles and adversities and making it out to the other side. And so I just want to thank you, Chris, for allowing me to interview you on this podcast and saying yes to this. And I'm hoping that your story will encourage and inspire everybody out there who's listening in to let them know that they too can overcome whatever challenges and setbacks that they're experiencing and make it out on the other side. So for those of you who don't know who Chris is, he has been in the fitness industry for quite some time. And he started off uh, several years ago making a serious commitment to be a professional athlete and then Along his journey, he had some major setbacks come along his way, and the way that he grew through those challenges and made it out to the other side is absolutely incredible. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and share with everyone here, how did you get into fitness? Um, Got into fitness through a sport um, that I did before um, I got into CrossFit. I used to race motocross and supercross professionally for about, I don't know, 10 to 12 years, I guess. Um, during that time, you know, obviously you got to be in really good shape, right. you know, to to race motorcycles. So um, I always dabbled in CrossFit and stuff like that. I was always in the gym and, and keeping staying in shape and, you know. And for those who don't know, CrossFit is such an intense sport. I mean, I tried it years ago and it actually like what they say I drank the Kool-Aid and drank, I was yeah, sucked in yeah. <laughs> for yeah. those who don't aren't familiar with CrossFit want can you share a little bit about what exactly is CrossFit yeah so so CrossFit is uh, high intensity interval training it, it involves Olympic weightlifting um, moving uh, heavy loads over a short period of time um, body weight movements um, just all kinds of different uh, modalities put into one mm-hmm. um, over a series of time mm-hmm. domains, different time domains, different uh, weights, and it's just super, super high intensity. So you got to be in really, really good shape, like physically, right. uh, 
muscular endurance. Um, so to say that at the level you were at to actually compete goes to show what type of fitness level you were at and how good of a shape you were in. Yeah, for sure. So you, it's not something you just do and it happens overnight, right? right. It's It takes time. So we're talking two, three years before I really, really committed to, you know, competing mm-hmm. at a higher level, you know, okay. at my age. So right. yeah, CrossFit is definitely a sport. It's it's definitely hard. It's definitely fun, mm-hmm. but you do have to commit to that that style. And I think that's what's so impressive, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you got into this sport? So when I got into the sport, I was in my late 30s. Um, when I opened my first CrossFit gym, I was 30, 39, mm-hmm. 39, 40, 40. Yeah, I was 40 when I opened my first CrossFit gym. So. And then when you got into the competing aspect. When I got into the competing aspect, I was about 43, 44. So hearing these numbers, it goes to show, you know, sometimes society talks about professional athletes and other sports and how they age out or, you know, they hit their 30s or 40s and then it's like their athletic career is over. But it sounds like with you and with the athletic endeavors you came on, you almost were like having this new breath of life, like a second wind. And it's encouraging to hear because oftentimes you hear people say things like, well, I'm too old. I used to do that in my 20s. But to hear someone who people think, oh, you can't do that at that age. I mean, did you hear anything like that when you were getting into this at that age? Uh, yeah, you know, you always have you always have those people that say um, you're crazy or there's no way you're going to be able to sustain that over right. a long period of time. You can't do this. You can't do that. Um, you're going to get hurt, mm-hmm. you know. But I think that that all just comes back to really who you are as a person. You know, if Agreed. you if you let those people from the outside talk you out of something, then yeah, obviously you're going to talk yourself out of it because everybody's told you that you can't do it, right? Right. Um, So what made you talk yourself into it and convince yourself that, you know what, this is possible and I can do it and I'm going to do it? Yeah, well, for me, it was just a strong mindset. It was like, yeah, okay, you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it anyways, right? Mm -hmm. So. I like to prove people wrong. Right, a lot of right, times, you know, I, I, that's just kind of <laughs> how I am. My mentality is, yeah, go ahead and tell me I can't do something. I'm going to show you that I can. Yeah, okay? same here. Um, so that, that it, for me, is is a challenge. I like that. I mm-hmm. like when people tell me I can't do something, you know. Right. Um, I wish I could instill that into everybody. Right, right. Because then I think we would have a great um, community of fitness people, right? Right. Strong, um, healthy strong, people. Um, strong mindset, strong mm-hmm. discipline, all that stuff would be really good. But, you know, obviously we can't do that. So. And that goes into, you know, me wanting to start transitioning here into your story where you have this strong mindset, you have this strong work ethic, and you almost have what I call, I think I have in myself, you have this stubborn will to succeed. Like regardless of what people say, regardless of circumstances, your age or whatever, whatever obstacle or barriers there, you're going to figure out a way to overcome that. And you guys, for those of you listening in, um, this is the part of Chris's journey where I like to consider us going into this tunnel where it's like life throws us this curveball. And we're like, where the heck did that come from? And the tunnel process, as I call it, seems like this 
this dark process where you don't see the light sometimes at the end of the tunnel. You may be confused. You don't understand. Some why me comes in and feeling sorry for yourself. And this part is, is just so incredible where uh, Chris experienced this setback that could have stopped his fitness journey. But in fact, it seems like it pushed him through. And he was told a few years ago that he had a rare condition. Chris, you want to tell us more about that? Yeah, so about three years ago, um, went to the doctor, uh, had some had some issues going on with, you know, during working out, mm -hmm. fatigue, headaches, numbness in the face, um, whatnot. So decided to finally go to the doctor, um, went to the doctor, went to the neurosurgeon, found out I had this rare tumor called acoustic neuroma. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's it's very rare. It's one in 100,000 people get this. Wow. Um, it grows slowly over a period of time. Mm -hmm. um, I've had mine probably for, they are saying, 15 to 20 years maybe. And there's no signs of it during this growth nope, process? No signs of it, uh, not until it gets to a certain point, a certain size, and it starts affecting the... Um, the nerves in the ear and and um so it's not until you get physical <laughs> symptoms that you know okay something's yep. not right here so yeah you don't know anything until you know you get those physical symptoms so that's pretty scary to know that something could be inside of you and you have no signs no symptoms no clues or anything until it gets to the point yeah. where it sounds like okay we have to do something yeah that was that was pretty weird so my first symptom was i had numbness in my face mm -hmm. the, um on Christmas morning. So I just thought maybe I had, you know, an infected tooth or, you know, an infection, just something, mm -hmm. you know, wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Um, time went on six months down the road. The numbness was going up towards the eye. I was like, well, eh, it's probably still, you know, a tooth. So I went to the dentist, went to the dentist and he's like, man, I don't see anything. You probably should go see somebody, you know, they can do maybe do an MRI and sure. just see if you got something else going on. So at that point, you know, we're talking, it's probably nine months after my first symptom. Um, went to the, went to the neurosurgeon, um, wasn't going to do the MRI, but we at the last minute decided to do an MRI and luckily, you know, right. we did that. And, um, I no sooner left the, the, um, office there where I had the MRI and, um, about 20 minutes later, I got a phone call saying that, you know, I needed to see somebody immediately. Mm -hmm. um, I asked over the phone, you know, what what's going on? Well, we can't tell you over the phone. So I knew immediately that, you right. know, something was bad. No, serious. Yeah, when something they was serious. You, over the phone. you know, so um, that's that's kind of how I found out. Um, and this is it during a peak time of, you know, I was training for the Open, actually, for the CrossFit games. So mm -hmm. there's there's qualifiers to get to the games. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, this is like going to the playoffs, right, mm -hmm. of a professional sport. I mean, it's no different than, I mean, we're talking about the, the most top athletes of this sport competing at this event. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to give people a little background. Like, this is how serious this is. We're talking about like an NBA player, an NFL player at the peak of their game, ready to go and compete at whatever playoff, and then you get this devastating news. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, again, we're right in the middle of the Open. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, we're dead center. February is, um, you know, that's the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 
unfortunately, when I had my surgery, it was in February. So I was unable to even, you know, so I trained that whole year preparing for the mm -hmm. open, um, not even knowing that I had this, you know, thing inside my head. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I did all that training all the way up to that point and then, you know, couldn't do the open. So how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, that was um, that was kind of hard because you put in so much work, you right. know, you, you over the over the off season, you work on all your stuff that you aren't good at. You know, right. you work so hard to to improve your fitness and um, and then all of a sudden you can't do it. Right. Right. It's like it's like taking a um, a pacifier away from a baby. Right. You know, it was like, oh, my gosh. What am I going to do now? You right. know, what, what, what do we do? What do we go? You right. know? Um, so that, yeah, that was, that was hard. That was hard mentally. Um, but you know, you, I think at that point you have, <clears throat> you have two choices, you know, one give up or two say, okay, what's our next step? Where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of what I did. So what was that process like of, finding out that you have this rare tumor and discovering that you have to get a procedure completed. How much time was between when you discovered that you need to have this procedure done to when you actually had the procedure completed? So there was not much time at all. Um, I found out in December of um, 2015. Yeah, yeah, December. And then... February, which was, you know, three months later, mm -hmm. I was having surgery. So, wow. you know, it, it so literally... So we're almost on the three-year anniversary. Yeah, we're, we're going on three years now, which is unreal. Um, and it was, what, an 11-hour? Yeah, I just asked my wife this yesterday. It was, it was about, um, she was telling me it was nine and a half, ten hours. So okay. still long time, right? right. I mean, um, to be to be under... For a while, that was that was the scary part too. You know, not knowing um, if you're going to wake up or, right. or what's going to happen. You know, did everything go okay? You know, so um, yeah, that was a, that was that was tough. And I know we've talked about this before, as far as you know, a part of those of us who value fitness, value health, and and clean eating, and and all those other things. It's like you feel like, well, I'm trying to be proactive and ensure I'm going to be well, I'm going to be healthy. What is it like from that standpoint where it's like, I'm doing all the things that I think I should be doing to ensure I'm healthy, but then yet you get this devastating news of a health scare? Yeah, it, you know, that kind of comes back to that, what we mentioned earlier, you know, you, you think you're doing all the right things and then um, this happens and it's all about, well, why? Why does this happen? If I'm doing, I'm doing all this stuff to stay healthy and make sure my body is basically like a machine. Why, right. why is this happening? You know, what, what did I do to deserve that? What did, you know, I'm trying to better myself and now this happens, you know? So I think a lot of it for me was, um, you know, I, I did go through that little pity party there for a minute, but I, I got out of it quickly, mm -hmm. you know, because it wasn't just about me at that point in time. There was other people that I had to, you know, um, to worry about, you know, you have my kids, my, my wife. And, right. um, so it, it quickly went from me, you know, me mm -hmm. feeling sorry for me to now me feeling sorry for 
my kids and, mm -hmm. and my family, what they were getting ready to go through right. through this process, you know. So, um, so it sounds like you were able to get out of that why me phase by thinking about the loved ones that you have in your life and your support system. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's all you have. Right. right. When you when you go through something this traumatic, you, I mean, you have to rely on somebody. Right. And those were the only people that I could rely on. You know, I knew this was going to be very difficult mm -hmm. for me mentally, physically. Mm -hmm. uh, but I knew I was strong enough to do it as well. Right. Um, what was the hardest parts about this process for you? Man, the, uh, probably, probably the feeling of not being able to do what I love to do, right? Like mm -hmm. not being able to just get up out of bed and walk right. normally, right? Without feeling like I was going to pass out or get sick or fall over or... I mean, and um, that's such a huge shift because you're going from probably the peak of your athletic career and how fit you were to all of a sudden it's like having to learn how to do everything all over again. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Because, you know, um, again, I, you know, after surgery, you know, during that period, I lost 27 pounds, you know, in, wow. in five days. I mean, I that's walked in, walked in the hospital at 195 pounds, walked out at under 100 and, you know, 170 something. Wow. It was crazy. So, you know, all that work you did is gone, mm -hmm. like literally in five days. What's that saying? If you don't use it, you lose you it. You lose it. And you know? know, I didn't even realize until my latter years with fitness, because I think you take advantage of your youth, right? You know, uh, my husband and I always make fun of each other about when we were in our 20s, two weeks and you're back in shape. And I yeah. said, man, I need probably six months or a year <laughs> to get yeah. back in shape. And, <laughs> yeah. and not only yeah. that, but now we have to maintain it. Yeah. And so it's like you, you go from probably working out how many times a day? Yeah, at that point, up to that, it was um, about three three times a day at wow. that time. You so know. the r pretty rigorous training. Yeah, morning, um, you know, morning session, afternoon session, then you know, one little session in the evening. Pretty much, you know, five six days a week. You know, wow. in between there, you'd, you'd have one day you just kind of did a long um, recovery type active recovery sure. workout, just some blood flow. But yeah, at, at that time, it was a lot. You know, a lot of volume, a lot of, right. um, you know, a lot of training. And then you went from a lot of that to nothing, nothing. Wow. you know, like literally couldn't even pick up a five pound dumbbell. And so, you know, for some like myself, I, I battle with depression. Mm -hmm. Did that ever settle in for you? Because sometimes somebody may not necessarily be diagnosed with it, but because we have these adversities that happen in life that completely alter the way we know life. Did you battle with any down moments or depression or anything like that as a result of this? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, there was there was days that um, I laid in bed at home, you know, mm -hmm. by myself and, and, and thought, you know, why, what is the purpose of this? Why? Why? You know, yeah. so depression definitely, you know, sunk in there for a while. I would say, you know, the first... The first 30 days, the first month was probably the hardest, sure. you know, trying to, trying to manage all the, the self-talk and right. self-doubt and, 
I'm never going to be able to do this. Were, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. you know? What kind of thoughts were going through your mind at this time? At that time, I just thought, I, I thought, man, I'm never going to be able to do what I used to do. Like, yeah. not at the level that I did it, you mm -hmm. know? Not at the, I'm not going to be as strong as I was, or I can't go upside down anymore. I can't do, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of things, because I knew that things were going to change. Like, right. it was going to be hard, so... Right. Um, so yeah, just a lot of self self talk, self doubt. Um, confidence was really low, you know. Just didn't didn't think I was ever going to be able to do it again. So you know, I was already I think at that point in time thinking about doing something else. You know, right. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to do. And and going to the confidence factor, I know when you shared your story with me, you were talking about where the tumor was located and some complications you had with your right eye. You want to share some of that background? Yeah, so so the tumor was lodged um behind my behind my eye in the ear canal area um wrapped around the brain stem um which caused caused me to lose my hearing in my right right ear. Um also caused dry eye in my right eye. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Shortly after surgery, getting home, I had vision in my right eye, and then um, maybe three, four weeks after, woke up one morning and ended up having this little white spot on my cornea, mm -hmm. and it ended up being a cornea ulcer, wow. which burst, and then once that happened, I lost you know complete vision in my right eye. So um, did you have vision before that? Yeah, had full vision all the way up until that point. So okay. everything was, you know, everything was fine. Just had the dry eye. Uh -huh. um, apparently what happened was I just didn't get it lubricated enough that night mm -hmm. before I went to sleep. And it dried out overnight and got a scratch on my cornea, which... And how long after your surgery did this happen? I want to say it was... Close to maybe three, four weeks. It, it wasn't long. Okay. Like, it was really short. So, so was it? did you battle or um, have any of these thoughts or feelings of, like, you know how sometimes people say when it rains, it pours, or if it's not one thing or another, and mm -hmm. it's like, here you are a few weeks post-surgery trying to recover, and now something else comes up. Yeah. You know, I almost, it's kind of funny that, that you asked that. I... I almost used it as, it was kind of a joke to me because it was like, <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I, this is really on. happening. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really believe it. So I kind of turned it into, um, I, I, I kind of made a joke out of it. You know, I, I wore a patch to the gym and put a patch on in my car and mm -hmm. drove down the road, you know. But yeah, in, internally it was tough because I was like, man, I'm not even over this. Right. And now I'm dealing with this too. Right. You know, it's like, what else it's is like going to happen whammy. now, right? Yeah, so, so yeah, in, internally it was tough, um, you know, and then, you know, I ended up, I have I had to have it sewn shut for wow. a year. Wow. I mean, literally one year, my eye was sewn shut completely, barely open, just enough to get some, some eye drops in, right? Um, and I think this is the part of your story that becomes so powerful, Um uh, where a few weeks after your surgery, this eye complication happens. And then instead of you continuing to wallow in your own pity, you get up and decide, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go work out. What, yeah. what, I mean, what was going on in your head <laughs> at that uh, time? <laughs> yeah. 
I, you know what? I don't, I don't really know. I just know that, I just know that for me, um, sitting around and, 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 and feeling sorry for myself just was not working. So mm-hmm. I just said, you know what? It's time. Let's yeah. just go do something. Let's just, if it's just moving, pulling on a band or lifting a five pound dumbbell, I'm going to start getting my body used to moving again, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just do it. I mean, what, what? How did it feel that first time you went back? Whew. Yeah, that wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't do a whole lot, but what I did do, you know, it did, it didn't feel great, but um, it basically, I think it made me sick. So, because I was moving so much, you know, right. I wasn't supposed to create any, any pressure, sure. any, anything, you know. Do you well, think it was like that, that and you get into the gym and it's like all the familiarity and all you know comes back to you and just like you're excited all over again. Like, okay, I can get after it. Yeah, that's kind of what I did. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. And then I'll be done. Well, I did all that. And then, you know, the next two days I laid in bed. Um, because I, I, you know, I got a little carried away and, and, and tested my, you know, my abilities there, sure. you know, um, I really just wanted to see how far I could go with it. And, right. um, unfortunately I went a little too far, but you know, how did you not allow that to stop you? Um, I think sometimes when people are trying to get back into something or even start something new, they get discouraged in the initial process of it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. How did you get through that stumbling block of having to tell yourself, okay, yeah, I may have to step back. That didn't feel so great. But pushing past that point and continuing to move forward. Well, because I knew. I, I knew if I could just push through that um, and do it again mm-hmm. and then do it again and then do it again um, and continue to do that, each time would get easier, right? right. Like. It, it wouldn't be so hard, mm-hmm. but if I if I stopped and just didn't do anything mm-hmm. for another two or three weeks, it was going to be twice as hard. Right. Because then I knew that I would start talking myself out of that. Like you, you probably shouldn't do this, right? right? You shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that. So. And it's so easy to convince ourselves not to do something, as is opposed to convince ourselves to continue doing that thing that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, yeah, nobody wants to do anything that feels uncomfortable, right? right. I mean, um, that, that's human nature, but mm-hmm. I have learned that the more uncomfortable you get right. in certain scenarios, mm-hmm. the better off you are later, Agreed. you know? Because um, if you always stay stay in that comfort zone, you just, you'll never become who you think you should be, right? Absolutely, um, absolutely. So that's kind of where I was at. I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is uncomfortable, but... I'm going to be okay. You know, I know right. this is going to be okay. And a month from now, I'm going to be way better. Two right. months from now, I'll be even better. Right. And you So know. it sounds like you had a shift with your self-talk. It went from, I may have to do something else. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Why did this happen? Why me too? Let's get up and do something about this. Okay, yeah, this didn't feel good, but if I keep doing this, I'm going to get better. What helped you shift that self-talk? Um, I had a purpose, you know, I had a why. I had a reason why I wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I had kids right. that looked up to me, my wife. Right. Um, I had a lot of people that were 
expecting me to do things, you know, because mm-hmm. they just n- know me as a person. Right. Um, so I just, that was my reason. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it just for me. I'm going to do it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need a purpose. And they're the purpose. I had an 11-year, or at the time, he was nine, you know, wow. that looked up to me. And, and, you know, he used to go to the gym with me all the time. And mm-hmm. now he sees his dad not doing anything. It's like, I think it's time, dude. You got to you gotta get up and you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And you need to show people that um, just because you have something happen to you doesn't mean that it's over. Absolutely. Right? I mean... I've I've done the same with my son, you know. I feel like if no one else on this planet is going to show him how to do things, I'm by gosh darn it going to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's I think that's what we have to do. Yeah. I and mean, that's just that's the only way that we can um show people that it can be done, right? right? I mean, we're we're told so much that you can't do this or you can't do that or you shouldn't do this because you have this disease or and i and i know. find when people do that oftentimes they're projecting their own fears and limitations onto us because they think maybe they couldn't do it and because they feel they couldn't do it they project that onto other people and they put their fears and limitations onto you and say well because i can't do it you can't do it how do you get past that getting past the noise and the distractions um you don't surround yourself around those people, right. you know. Um, I've said it before. Um, I, I'm a big, big, uh, big into these motivation, motivational guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Thomas and yes, ET, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> David Goggins, all those guys. And and I tell you, if you just listen to those guys every single day, your life will change, right? You know, and and Eric Thomas has this 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 saying: "Show me your friends, I'll show you your future." Right, right. right. So. I use that as uh, kind of my motivation. Like, you know, if you're not in my, if you're not wanting the same things that I want, then you, you and I don't, you know, need to be together, right? right we don't need right. to be in the same, the same group. So, so it sounds like focusing on those people, places, things, you know, mm-hmm. those tools that they teach you in some recovery programs, but I think they're concepts you can really apply to life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, and that's, I tell that to a lot of my clients too. You know, you, you surround yourself around the people that you want to be like, or right. you want to be. If you want to be like me, then you surround yourself around people like me. Right. If you don't want to be like me, and you want to be like that person over there uh-huh. that feels sorry for themselves, then you surround yourself around them. But you can't be around me. Right. Right. You can't be in my circle. Um, as as crazy as that sounds, it's not me being selfish, but that's. That's me being me and what I want yeah, as a I person. Yeah, I think it's self-preservation. Yeah. Because if we don't look out for ourselves and our own well-being, who will? You know, we can't yeah. put that responsibility on somebody else. No. I no, think that's our own yeah. responsibility. Nobody's going to look out for your, you know, for you. They're, you know, we have to look out for ourselves. Exactly. Absolutely. And but we also, you know, we also are put here also to to help others as well learn that, you know, they can do the same. Right. Um, whether they believe it or here, not. Right? Yeah, and that's why we're here. You know, you know, being life coaches and, and being uh, in the industries that, that I'm in, the industry that I'm in, mm-hmm. you know, and what I do is I'm basically a, um, well, I would consider myself a life coach. Because Absolutely. I, you know, I do, I, I coach, I 
take phone calls. I, <laughs> I, um, I feel like sometimes I'm, um, it goes beyond health and fitness. Yeah. It goes beyond that. I, you know, I know everybody's struggles. Right. Um, I put, that, put all mine what, aside and, yeah. and, and it's about you, right? Absolutely. And, and that's what we should do. So, and I think that's what brings me to this next point of, you know, getting to the other side, which is the whole point of this podcast. I don't think it's enough to just talk about the story itself as this is the thing I went through. Uh, what I like to highlight on this podcast is, is getting out to the other side. And, you know, you just share with us what I call like the tunnel process. You know, you went through this dark period and sometimes people stay stuck in there for the rest of their life and they get to this place where they're existing and they're no longer living and they just stay in that dark place. And then here you go, you, you continue to walk through it and you get through the light and here you are on the other side. And so why don't you share with us what this other side looks like for you? Man, um, right now it's great. You know, we, um, I um, opened up a new facility, um, started working with people, um, changing their lives as far as health, health, nutrition, mm-hmm. um, um, creating um, accountability with people, right. you know, um, I think that was my, it, again, that, that tunnel was dark for quite some time, never knew what I was going to do, and, right. and I was guided kind of this direction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, you know what, if you're going to do something, let's just, let's help people. Let's, right. let's try to um, show them the importance of fitness, right. and what it does for depression, what right. it does for anxiety, exactly. um, mental health, and all that stuff, right? I mean, fitness is, we all know that the more you exercise, the better you feel, right? Right. It's like, um, at least those uh, endorphins. Yeah, those endorphins that make you feel chemical. good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you throw in the nutrition, help people learn how to eat. Right. Um, and that's huge. Okay. And then you throw in the accountability, um, being on top of people, letting them know that you actually care about them. And you're yeah. just, they're just not another um, member at a gym, you know. Do you share your story with your clients to help them kind of see like, you know, I know what it's like to be in this tough spot right now and feel like I'm not capable of doing these exercises or being in shape do you share your story with people that are maybe struggling with that yeah i do i do a lot um sometimes i'll matter of fact i just shared it this morning with somebody i signed up this morning um you know it it really depends on the person Mm -hmm. you know if if i can see that they're really they're really struggling with making a decision sure um i'll share my story I, i i try not to always use my story to get them to, you know, think that, oh, well, maybe I should, or, you know, I want them to do it on their own. Exactly. I want them to uh, change their life and and do things for them, not Mm -hmm. because of my story, but um, I will share that story a lot with, with current members Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, members that maybe you're thinking about signing up or, Mm -hmm. um, and you, you can always tell that person is sitting across from you, you know, if they're struggling in their mind, like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. Right. Maybe I should. I know I need to. But, right. you know, those people I can kind of, um, I can feel that they really need to hear the story. Right. And Because and maybe it's not about, like, I don't know if I want to do this because of 
maybe willpower, maybe it's that self-doubt creeping in. Like, can I, am I capable of doing this? Do you think those are the moments where you feel really compelled to share? Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly what it is. Um, Cause I, I really believe that most people that sit across from me at my desk, they're here for a reason. One, absolutely right. They came here because they need help, mm-hmm. but they're scared, right. right? They're, they're really scared. Um, I mean, just for them to walk in the door is, is hard. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's unknown. Um, they're, they're getting ready to do something that they've never done. Right. You know, they're, they're about to change their life style. Right. Um, so for them, you know, hearing my story and how I changed mm-hmm. and how, you know, the health and the fitness part of it basically, you know, saved my life in, right. in a sense, you know, um, I think that when I do share that story, that makes it a little bit easier for them, mm-hmm. you know. It's like um, that living example. Yeah, exactly. So and I think sometimes we need to see what's possible. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. And, you know, and it's also tough because a lot of people sit across from me and, and, you know, they see that I'm a fit person and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And they're like, well, how could he ever go through anything like that? He's fit. Right. You know? How could that happen to him? He, he doesn't look like anything's wrong. Right. And, and you guys listening to this, uh, with Chris's permission, I will be posting a picture of him so you can see. I mean, it's it's crazy, his story, because he's like uber fit. And <laughs> you would think like, there's no way you went through this and now look at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, we... <laughs> It's been a long journey. It's been a, it's been um it's been tough. It's been ups and downs, you know, where we're um my wife and I and you know, we struggle day in day out with mm-hmm. with with stuff that you know that I deal with um post surgery still. Um but again, as I tell everyone, you only learn by what you struggle with. So Absolutely. If if you don't have struggles, then how do you learn or how do you grow? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and it, and it reminds me of um, when I was doing some research on you and your story and the CrossFit Games, and I came across this article on the granitegames.com, and the very first introductory sentence said, we're all fighting battles the outside world knows nothing about. And I thought that was such a perfect way to kick off your story because, you know, my first introduction to you was probably the same as everyone else. Here's this fit guy, this coach, this gym owner, this athlete. You would never have thought that you had all of these experiences and challenges. And then, like you said, you're still having to maintain certain pie challenges as a result of that. And, you know, for those of you um, who aren't familiar with me, I have a fitness background, but then lost my way several years ago due to an injury. And so when I came in here, I was kind of, you know, humbled and scared and feeling like, what if I re-injure myself, you know? But I was also not in a great place with mental health. I was battling with multiple episodes of depression, and I know within myself what helps me get through those. And so I knew I needed to get my butt up and sign up for something and, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful that I met Chris and I came to this gym because I feel like it was destined and it was for a purpose because here I get to hear this incredible story and then we get to share it here with you all for an interview. And it goes back to what I firmly believe that nothing happens by happenstance. Um, everything happens for a purpose. And, and that's a question I wanted to ask you, Chris. Do you feel like this happened for a purpose? 
Yeah, I abs- absolutely. Um, I, I do believe that, that um, we're all here for a reason. We all have a purpose. We're all here um, for a certain reason. You know, sure. again, my purpose there for a while, I didn't know. I mm-hmm. had no idea what my purpose was um, right. until having surgery. Mm-hmm. I think at that point in time, when you go through something like that, your life, your life changes. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to change. Absolutely. Right. Um, my, and then I, I realized that my purpose was not to be just the athlete or be, um, super fit and show people that I can do this or I can do that. You know, I realized that my purpose was to help people. Right. That's, that's why I'm here. That's, you know, I, I, I really, really believe that, that, um, God has us here for certain reasons. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and my reason, no matter what I went through mm-hmm. growing up or middle age or, you know, previous or before surgery, right. this, that, and the other, um, he was, he was preparing me for what I'm about to do. Yeah. And that was to help as many people as possible right. with whether it be my story mm-hmm. or my knowledge, whatever it may be. Um, that's what he was doing. So I, you know, this is definitely where I belong. Um, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally can't, I, I actually love getting up and getting in here, mm-hmm. you know, every day. Um, some people are like, man, how do you sit there for 16 hours a day? I'm like, it's not a job to me. And what's that saying? You're not working if you love what you do. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's a true testament. You found your purpose. Yeah. You're, you get to work, make a living off of it, help people. I mean, I, to me, that's living. Yeah. I mean, what better way to uh, make a living than be able to work out and watch people get right. fit? I mean, I, I don't know what else, what else you could do. Um, that would be more enjoyable. For those who are listening and maybe going through their own challenges and maybe stuck in the middle of their own process, what do you think that you could share with them to kind of help them keep on going and to know that the there is light at the end of the tunnel? I, you know, I think the first thing you got to do is you, you you need to sit down with a pen and a pad, and the first thing you need to write down is why. Right. Why Why do you need this, or why should you do that? What is right. your why? Right, absolutely. You know, what is it? Is it your kids? Is it your husband? Is it your 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 grandma, your your whoever? Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to have a why. Absolutely. Right? You've got to have a purpose. Right. Um, once you figure that out, then then write down the next thing. How am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is it that I love to do? Right. And do that. Mm-hmm. Do that until, you know, you get good enough at it to um, be help people or if it's not even helping people, just helping family, helping whatever the purpose is, whatever that thing is, you have to go after it. You know, if that dream is a dream, keep going. Right. You know, you just don't stop. Right. What, what purpose is that? There's no purpose there to stop. Right. Um, you know, my biggest thing though is you got to have a why. Absolutely. If you don't have a why, you're just going to be going in circles. Okay? I think that why is what, um, it's like that thing that you could depend on when life doesn't look like how you want it to. 
look and you can look back and say, okay, this is why I'm getting up and doing this. This is why I'm doing this, despite the fact things don't look like how I want it to. It's like, you have to have that. Oh man, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's honest, listen, there's days that, that I don't want to come in here, sure. right? There's days that, that I'm just tired. I'm burnt out, but, mm -hmm. um, I, I sit back and I think, you know what? There's a lot of people in there that need you right now. So that is, when I start thinking about the people, right. it's like, ah, dude, that's, that's why you do this. That's yeah. why you, yeah. you know, that's the cool part. You know, you can be really, really down, but once you start thinking about why, mm -hmm. why you're doing it, right. it becomes very easy to get up and go. Right. It's, it's not even that hard. It's like a new driving force. Yeah. I mean, every day is new. You know, something new is about to happen every day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think if everyone has a why and has a purpose, it's easy. Sure. And well, I'm not going to say it's easy. Because nothing's really easy. You have to work for it. You have to work hard for it. Absolutely. Right? Um, you know, I'm glad you said that. Um, oftentimes, I feel like people want these quick fixes. They want an easy way out. They want a pill they can swallow to get them to the other side. And the best way I can describe to people is to embrace the process because life is a process, you know, and our, getting to our goals, getting to our dreams, getting to the other side is a process. What do you think that step-by-step -step looks like with actually embracing the process and just knowing like, you know what, there is no quick fixes, there is no easy way to do this, but step-by-step, -step, I'm going to get there. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the biggest problem we have right now with society is, is the quick fix. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all we see. Right. That's all we see, you know, every day on Facebook or on TV, this magic pill that you're going to lose this, you're going to lose 12 pounds in two days by doing this, doing that. Well, sure. it, it's not that easy. Okay. It, and it's, it's so much more gratifying when you actually do, do the work. Absolutely. Um, even if it takes six months, a year, mm -hmm. two years, it, you know, when you, when you go from point A to point B and you see the big changes that you've made mm -hmm. from, you know, last year to this year right. and you look back and you're like you know what that went by really fast mm -hmm. and that wasn't that bad no and i actually did the work and it feels gratifying yes you, you know? know i think it almost feels like you're more deserving of the reward absolutely absolutely and then you know you you want to do it again mm -hmm. so now you've created a habit of okay i did that now i can do something else right right um, and I didn't have to take this magic pill. I didn't have to go on this crash diet or, right. or whatever it may be, you know, um, could be work related or something. But sure. I think in order to grow as a person, you have to take the steps and you have to learn as you go. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, you're going to fail again. Right. And you're going to keep doing that over and over and over again. Right until you take the actual steps to get to where you have to be. Absolutely. You know, I um, agree. so that's my biggest thing with people. You know, you, you got to take the steps. Yeah. You got to do the work. You have to do the work. There's I no mean, easy way to I it. didn't get here. I didn't get here <laughs> by not taking, doing the work. Right. I work, I still do the work, you know, um, people. And that's the biz, biggest misconception about me is, is they, they look at me and they're like, well, you don't even, do you ever work out? 
yeah, yeah, I have to maintain this. I work out every day. You guys, know, and you I know. and I wonder. Uh, I was actually just talking about this with a friend, and uh, she and I hold each other accountable. We're on our own fitness journeys, and she does her own thing. I do my own thing, but we touch base. And I told her, I said. I figured it out. I said, it's consistency. I was like, we have to not stop. That's the thing. You, you got to keep eating clean. You got to stay in action. You got to keep measuring your progress. You got, I mean, and I realized it's like the light bulb went on and I was like, it's the consistency. That's the secret sauce. That's all it is. That's all it is, is, is being consistent. Yeah. And you know, you don't have to kill yourself every day. No. I mean, it, it, it's it's not rocket science. It's just being consistent, mm -hmm. being consistent at home, being consistent at your job, right. doing the things you're supposed to be doing on a daily basis, and success happens. Absolutely. That's, period. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. That's right. That's what happens. And I think these principles that you live by, they are principles that apply to any area of life. They're not just for your health and fitness. I mean, obviously they got you through a pretty serious point in your life and they probably help you in other areas of your life. And I think that's why it's it's so important to have like these core values and principles that we live by because they carry us in all these different areas of our lives. Yeah, they do. You know, you, you uh, well, again, you grow as a person by by failing. You know, right. that's, if you don't fail, you, you'll never grow. Absolutely. Um, but um, core values are huge. Um, I think mental mindset is huge. Yes. Um, no matter where you came from, no matter what's happened to you. Um, use that to drive you. You have to use that. Yes, absolutely. You have to. You have to outwork every single person around you yes. to get to where you want to be. Absolutely. And if you can't outwork them, um, you will stay stagnant forever, Absolutely. forever. And, and I know that feeling of being stagnant. It's not fun. No, it's depressing. It sucks. It's very depressing. Okay. <laughs> so you're better off to outwork every single person in your office or every single person in your gym or mm -hmm. every single person, wherever it may be. Right. You outwork them and see how far you go. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I thank you for taking time and, uh, sharing this incredible powerful story with all of us here and i just hope it inspires you all on your respective journeys and to let you know that despite whatever circumstances or obstacles or challenges are in your way that there is light on the other end of the tunnel that there is another side there is more to these challenges and you really just have to keep moving stay in action do the work don't stay stuck don't give up and continue to remain engaged with your why. Like Chris said, you got to know your why. And so if you're listening and you don't know what your why is, I challenge you to do like Chris said, get some paper out and write out your why. You know, if it's simple as, you know, your mom, your dad, your kids, your pets, your relatives, whatever it is, write down something that is going to help you take one step closer toward the other side. And as I always tell you all, we are growing through life's ups and downs to make it to the other side. I am looking forward to continuing to share more stories with you all. And I hope you continue to tune in and listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself.
talk to you all soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.